Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in two locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. So one of my college professors told me this story uh, one day in class. Uh, he was traveling from South Carolina to, to speak at an event in Georgia. And uh, so he decided to uh, stop, stretch his legs, uh, use the bathroom at this uh, rest stop area on the, on the Florida, not Florida, Georgia line, not that band, um, on the South Carolina, Georgia line. And so he, he walks into the bathroom, walks into the stall, and, and closes the door. And about 30 seconds later, he hears someone come into the stall beside him, open up the door, close the door, lock it, and then uh, is in the stall. About 30 seconds later, Dr. Freeman, my professor, said the guy beside him in the stall said, Hey, how you doing? Now, ladies, y'all don't, I don't know if this exists with y'all, but there's uh, what we like to call a man code. The guys like to call it a man code. There's a man code in the bathroom, specific rules that we follow. One of them being, if you're standing or sitting beside someone in the stall, you do not strike up a conversation. You don't, you don't reach out to shake their hand. You don't talk to them. You don't, that's just the guy code. Like, Don't even make eye contact with somebody. You wait until you're out of the bathroom. And so like Dr. Freeman knew this. He was like, does this guy not know the man code? What? Why is he? This is so weird. It's weird enough talking to a stranger. Why are you talking to a stranger at a rest stop in South Carolina underneath the wall? Like, what is going on here? What is this all about? And so Dr. Freeman was like, I mean, I didn't want to be rude. I just thought it would be weird just to leave the question hanging. And so he answered him. He said, I'm doing good. He just kind of left it there. Like, we know the rules. So he thought it was over. He's like, man, that's the weirdest, most awkward thing that's happened to me in a long time. And then a few seconds later, it gets worse. This guy on the other side of the stall says, so what are you doing? And Dr. Freeney's like, what am I doing right now? Like, what, are you serious? You ask me, it's like, right now? Or what am I doing in life? Or like, why are you talking? Why are we continuing this? Do you not know the code? What is going on here? And so, like, he kind of froze. He was like, well, I mean, like, I've already said I'm doing fine now. So, like, this is weird. But if he wants to talk, then, okay. He said, well, I'm, uh, I'm actually a college professor. I'm speaking at an event in Atlanta. And so I just wanted to stop here and stretch my legs. It's about halfway between the trips, and so I just, just wanted to stop and take a break and, and stretch my legs, and uh, you know, looking forward to speaking at this event. And the guy in the stall beside him interrupted him. He said, hey, 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 hold on a minute. Let, let me call you back, because this guy in the stall beside me thinks I'm talking to him. Let me, let me call you right back. He opens up the door. He's like, do you not know the man code? Like, you're not supposed to be talking about it. Most awkward time. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody with one of those like Bluetooth earpieces and they're looking at you and they're speaking, but they're not speaking to you. They're speaking to somebody on the phone and you wave at them or try to engage them in conversation. And they're like, hey, let me hold on a minute. Let me, let me walk this other way. And like you feel terrible. Well, t- this morning I want to talk about talking specifically. I want to talk about talking to other people and even more specific than that. I want to talk about talking to other people about other people. Now, we have a word for that. Uh, It's called gossip. The 
actual definition of, of gossip is talking negatively about someone behind their back, oftentimes based on rumors. And I'm going to shoot you straight on this one. I, I was going to skip this one. I, I mean, first of all, who doesn't gossip? Like everyone in here at some point in their life, maybe in the last 24 hours, maybe on your way to church this morning, you said something negative about somebody else. Like just in passing, whether you realize it or not, everybody does this. And, and so I'm, I'm struggling with, is this really a big deal? Because like I know we live in a super offended society, but like, but seriously, if somebody says something negative to you or about you, can you not just brush it off? I mean, really. If your feelings get hurt because someone says something negative about you, either behind your back or to your face, like if that is all it takes to hurt your feelings, you are going to live a long, hard life. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be miserable for you. And so like, I, when, I, when I think about gossip, I'm like, can you stop being a snowflake? And like, can you just get some tough skin? Who cares if people talk about you? Who cares if they say something bad about you? So I wanted to just say, like, this isn't even worth a sermon. Like, you just need to toughen up. That's what you need to do. You need to stop being so soft and, and stop caring so much about what other people think about you. But then I began to really think about this idea of gossip, this concept of talking bad about people, the negative things that you say either to their face or, or behind their back. And, and I started thinking about this. The majority of people that hate their job hate it because of gossip. They like what they do. You ask them, do you like what you do? Yeah, I like what I do. I just don't like my boss. Or I don't like the people that I have to work with. They're lazy. They complain a lot. Nobody else does their job. It's, it's office gossip. Everybody's bad-mouthing one another. Everybody's complaining they don't like the boss. Or their manager made them do this. Or I can't believe that he says or she said. Or we have to do or we have to go. Or all of this. They like their job, but they don't because of gossip. Because of talking down or talking poorly about people. They, 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 they would claim that they live in an absolutely miserable work environment. Like, I hate working here, and I hate doing that. Um, sometimes we like to disguise gossip. We don't call it gossip because we know, like even all of us know, that's a bad thing to do. We don't need to do that. And so we will use words and phrases to dis- disguise our gossip to make it look helpful to people. Like, when we want to badmouth people, we'll say phrases uh, like this. Hey, I, um... Let me just catch you up on the latest news going on with this situation. Hey, listen. I just think you ought to know this, okay? I'm, tr- I'm trying to protect you. I, you need to, I know you're getting ready to meet this person or see this person or work with this person. So, like, I just, I pro- here's what we say. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I feel like I need to do this for you. I need it. It would be irresponsible for me as your friend not to tell you what you're getting ready to walk into. Even we have a Christian way of saying this. We will talk bad about someone, and as long as we include this phrase at the end, then we're good. So, hey, we need to pray for them, okay? You say negative things, their terrible person, their marriage, their life, their finances. So let's just remember to pray for them, okay? And that's like the spiritual Jesus juke that we put on it. We're like, I just justified saying all those bad things because I said, let's pray for them, okay? That's what Christians do. That's what we should do for one another. Put a spiritual spin on it. 
There's not an entire chapter on gossip in the Bible. Like There's not just this, this one story that highlights the whole concept. And so today we're going to be blitzing through a lot of Scripture uh, together. But really, even though there's not one chapter or one book that focuses on it, gossip is all throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament. Even starts, check this out, gossip is the original sin. Did you know that? Think about what happened in Genesis chapter 3. Satan comes up to Adam and Eve and starts saying bad things about God behind his back. Now we know it's not really behind his back because God knows everything that's going on. But Satan goes up to Eve and says, you know, God just really doesn't want you to have any fun. God doesn't want you to be like him. God doesn't want you to experience freedom. Lies and gossip. That's what Satan does to Adam and Eve. And the original sin happens because Satan was gossiping about God. In Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, maybe you've heard of these seven deadly sins. This passage comes from Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Here's how it reads. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush to evil. Check this out. A false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. That's exactly who a gossip is. Stirring up lies, rumors, they don't know it's true. They'll say, well, I heard it from a few different people, so it has to be true. We don't know if it's true. It creates conflict and dissension. Listen to what Scripture says. That's strong language. God hates it. Hates it. Doesn't seem like a big deal to me. Everybody does it. It's harmless. Get some thick skin. Scripture says God hates it. Titus chapter 3, verse 10. Don't get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees or in quarrels and fights about obedience to Jewish laws. These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. Do you understand that? Paul is looking at a young church planner in Titus. And he says, you know what, Titus, there's going to be people in your church that they love to stir up things by the words that they say. They love to pick fights and quarrel and badmouth people. And listen, listen to what Paul says. This is, pastor, this is how you should handle it. If you find someone like that, give them a warning. If they don't listen to you, give them a second warning. If they do it a third time, kick them out of the church. Because people like that only want to fight and only want to cause conflict. Kick them out? Like, this is like the three strikes in your out rule. Like, if someone is talking poorly about someone, then don't tolerate it, Titus. Kick them. If they claim to be a follower of Jesus and they are tearing other people down, disassociate with them. They're not a follower of Jesus. So, like, cut them off from the family. Man, dude, that is, that is serious. Did you know that gossip put Jesus on the cross? Do you know that the Jewish leaders went behind Jesus' back to the Roman government and accused him of things that he didn't do and made up lies about him and fabricated stories and the Roman officials believed it and gossip is what led to his arrest and ultimately to his crucifixion? You want to say this is not a big deal? I'm going through those things and like I'm reading that and I'm thinking, wow, dude, this is, this is serious. 
Like these are the things that God says it gave me a whole new perspective on the issue. I mean, come on, like just talking about someone saying negative, that's a part of our everyday language. That's whether it's sarcasm or criticism or we call it constructive criticism or everybody does it and so there's no way to avoid it. But listen to how God describes it. It really matters to God. It's a big deal to him. It's, it's not just about brushing it off or kind of saying you're too sensitive about stuff. You need to grow up. You need to be a put your big boy pants on or your big girl pants on and just get over it. Don't be so mad at what everybody says about you. This issue is a big deal to God. Therefore, it should be a big deal to us. And so I want to look at the, the same three things we've been looking at through this whole series as we kind of figure out who we are. Are, are we gossips? Do we gossip about people? Do we say negative things about people behind their back to others? And so I want to look at the cause or what makes us gossip. I want to talk about what that would cost you. And then finally, Scripture gives us a cure to those things. The first is, is the reasons or the cause behind gossip. You ever thought about why we talk about people behind their back? Thought about why your friends or family that do that to you, they, they talk to you about others behind your back? You ever thought about why they do that? Proverbs 18.8 says this, The words are a, of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into the inmost parts. Depending on your translation, it may read like your, the gossip, the words of a gossip are like sweet desserts. And this is why it makes it so dangerous. The reason why gossip is so alluring, the reason why so many people do it is because Scripture says it's like candy to us when we eat it. It's delicious food. Like we, we taste a little bit of gossip, whether we hear it or we say it, and we love it. It makes us feel like we're knowledgeable. It makes us feel like we're better than someone else. Here are the reasons why we gossip. Sometimes when we hear, <laughs> this is so sick, man. Sometimes when we hear about other people's shortcomings, it makes us feel better about ourselves. Like what kind of sick world is this, man? Like, that, if we hear that someone else is struggling or hurting, it makes us feel better. Like, have you, like, that would not work in any other realm. So, like, go and, and, and get, put your thumb on a table and slam a hammer into it, okay? And then go ask one of your friends to put their thumb on the table and hit it their thumb with a hammer and see if it makes your finger feel any better. It doesn't. Like, now you got two thumbs that are hurting. Like, someone else's pain does not make our pain go away. But that's what we believe. We're like, oh, oh, so they're struggling. Okay, it's a self-esteem thing for us. It makes us feel better about ourselves. As, as crazy as that sounds, when other people suffer, sometimes it makes us feel better. And so when we hear other people dealing with things, when we hear gossip, about certain people in our lives, it makes us feel better. The second reason we gossip is because of pride. Um, sometimes it just, to say something negative about someone else, we make it seem like that elevates us. If I can tear you down, it makes me look taller. If I can make you look bad, then it makes me look better. And it actually doesn't because you look the same regardless of what everyone looks around you or not. But out of pride, we're like, I want to knock him down a peg. I want to say something about her to someone else that's going to make her look bad because I'm tired of her being misperfect and misright and always good and always the, the, the boss's favorite and always doing the right things. Like, it's time to knock her down a peg. Uh, another reason we gossip is it can be entertaining. 
It's just sheer entertainment. Out of boredom, sometimes uh, people will call, friends will call each other, and they want to catch up on what's the latest. Maybe you moved outside of your hometown, and every time you talk to your mom or your dad or your, or your family or friends that are still there, you say, hey, so what's, what's going on? Like, what's, what's the scoop? What's, what's happening in the community there in the, in the town since I left? I want to know all about it. There's a, a booming business around the entertainment of gossip. I mean, shows like TMZ or uh, magazines on the rack or the checkout line, People Magazine and National Enquirer, all these magazines, they, they put in things about athletes or celebrities or politicians, and they don't know if it's true or not. Like, it's just designed to be, to be bombastic, and, and we take it up and we're like, ooh, so-and-so from Hollywood's getting a divorce, or oh, I didn't know that sounds like he's having an affair, or oh, like, he's having financial trouble, and he, he acts like he's all rich all the time and what he posts on Instagram. But, oh, now he's broke? Ooh, yes. And it's like choice morsels. It's like cake. It's like sweet candy in our mouth. And it's just entertainment. And we feed ourselves those things. Oftentimes we talk bad about people uh, because we're hurting. Someone has hurt us, and now we're out for revenge. Hey, you said something about me one time, so it's my mission now to ruin your life. I'm going to return the favor. I'm going to say something bad about you hurt me. It's time for me to return the favor and hurt you. And the, the common thread in all of those reasons why we gossip is none of them are good reasons. Not a single reason or a cause for gossip is good. They're like choice morsels. This is a weird fact. I don't know. Maybe one day if God allows me to ask him a question when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him this question. But this is how the world has unfolded, the weird, weird reality. Everything in life that tastes good is terrible for you. And everything that tastes terrible is actually really good for you. If God allows me to ask a question when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him that. Like, why does fried food taste so good and vegetables taste so bad? Why did you design that? Are you playing a trick on us? Are you doing it? I thought that until I visited a restaurant here in town. It's one of Stephen Lockwood's and I's spots. Um, they have this side item called uh, bacon fried Brussels sprouts. We were hanging out at lunch the other day. Stephen gets a sandwich and uh, tacos and french fries. I get tacos, but I pay extra to substitute the french fries for these Brussels sprouts. And Stephen's judged me. He's like, who are you? Are you okay? Did you just pay $1.25 extra to not have french fries? And I told him, I was like, listen, man, listen. These are the best Brussels sprouts I've ever put in my mouth. Like, one of the greatest things. Here's what I found out. I walked back to the, to the kitchen when I first had these Brussels sprouts. I said, hey, man, let me talk to the chef. I said, let me, explain me this. How do you make these taste this way? And he said, well, it's, it's easy. What, what we do is we take, like, five pounds of bacon, and we cook it down. And so you've got, like, in this big pot, you've got, like, an inch of bacon grease and we fry the Brussels sprouts in the bacon grease. And then we pull them out and we drizzle honey on top of them. And that's why they're crispy and they taste like bacon and they're the best things that you ever put in your mouth. And so I was like, so now we know, right? These are no longer healthy. They're deep fried in bacon fat. That is why they taste good. Therefore, you shouldn't even call them Brussels sprouts. I don't know. You're like, this is deceiving. But they are so good. And that's what Paul says gossip is. He says, man, it tastes good. Those words in our mouth, they make us feel good. They stroke our ego. They boost our self-esteem. 
man, they're, they're at the source of pride. They allow us to vent some hurt, but they go down to the inmost parts of our bodies. Solomon says that's exactly, Solomon wrote Proverbs, it's exactly what gossip is in our life. Even though it tastes so good, it's so bad for you. And even though sometimes speaking words of truth and encouragement are so hard, it's like a, a Brussels sprout in your mouth, one that's not been deep fried in bacon and covered in honey. It's one of those like straight out the garden Brussels sprouts. You're like, this is terrible, but it's probably so good for you. If you eat Brussels sprouts today, you've probably added like three years onto your life, right? Just like that, just by eating those things. But it's hard. And that's how Scripture describes gossip. So there's lots of different reasons or, or causes for gossip in our life. So what is it going to cost you? What, it does, you don't have to think very hard about that. Everyone in here has been a victim of gossip. It has cost you something because gossip ultimately results in broken relationships. You, like, you want to you ruin a relationship? Like you want the fast track to that? Start talking bad about that person behind their back. Like, gossip costs relationships. In Proverbs 16, 28, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife, and gossip separates even the best of friends. Like, it doesn't say gossip separates enemies. It doesn't say gossip separates, like, be careful, because it can separate someone that, you're, that like works in your office, but you know their first name, but you really don't know anything about them. No, it says gossip is so powerful and so strong, it will separate you from your very best friend, your closest friend relationships are at risk when they tolerate gossip. When you're talking negatively about someone, you will eventually lose that relationship. Um, recently, uh, we were looking at hiring some positions here at Revo, and some different pastors or leaders applied, sent an application, and uh, I was talking with one of them specifically, and uh, really, really intriguing because this individual uh, within a few minutes of the conversation beginning began to criticize and talk bad about their current boss and so like um, let me share something with you just having done this a while if someone will talk bad to you about someone behind their back then I can guarantee they will talk bad about you behind yours so I'm seeing this guy that could be a future employee badmouth his boss to a complete stranger. I was like, man, he won't be here three months before he starts to badmouth me. So I was like, hey, man, thanks. We'll be in touch if we need you. Click. <laughs> it ruins relationships. There are even people, check this out, there are people that you don't know, that you have never met before, that you already don't like because someone gossiped about them. You haven't even given them a chance. But somebody, some coworker, some friend, some anonymous post online said something negative about them and you already think bad about them. Never met them, never hung out with them, don't even know their last name, and you already don't like them. Gossip ruins relationships that you don't even have yet. There was a saying in uh, World War II, um, loose ships sink, loose lips sink ships. It was a saying in the Navy, and they were worried that German spies were finding their ways, disguising themselves as American uh, Navy men, seamen, and they're getting on these subs, and they're listening for clues. They're listening for intelligence. They're listening for where the different battleships on the ocean are, are going to go. And, and so the, the, the Navy implemented this thing. It says, don't say anything to anybody that doesn't need to know, because loose lips sink ships. 
Gossip works the same way. Loose lips sink relationships. Like when we begin to talk about people, when we begin to share things that we've got no business sharing, when we begin to tear people down, then it ruins relationships. Uh, I do this thing with married couples when we do premarital counseling where I give this sheet and I ask them to go interview a couple that has been married for over 35 years and figure out what works, right? I've never gotten a sheet, and I always ask them, bring that sheet back to me because I want to learn. And maybe we can incorporate some of this stuff in our marriage counseling. And so... I've never had someone bring a, a sheet back and said, all right, I, I, I interviewed my grandmother, and here's what she said. She said, the key to being married for this long is every day, make sure you go behind your husband's back and talk bad about him. Make sure that in your closest relationships, you're willing to go to your friends or your mom or your cousin or your neighbor and talk bad about that person. That's the key to great relationships. Never heard that. Never heard that. Scripture says it ruins relationships. Proverbs 26.20 reads like this, Without wood, a fire goes out, and without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Gossip can even be the fuel for conflict in our life. Man, you got a problem, you got a conflict, you got a situation you're facing. I'm telling you, if you talk bad about the people that are involved, you are doing nothing but throwing wood and gasoline on the fire. And Scripture says the exact opposite will happen if you learn how to remove gossip from your vocabulary. It's like taking the fuel off of a fire, and guess what happens when you take the wood off of a fire? The fire goes out. Solomon says, if you'll just learn to restrain yourself instead of throwing more wood on the fire, then the majority of the problems in your life would actually die out on their own. But we're feeding them by talking. We're feeding them with negative words. We're feeding them by constantly bringing it up to other people and talking it bad about them behind our back. We're throwing gas on a fire. That's the language that he uses when he talks about what happens When you gossip, the issue just never dies down. Here's another cost of gossip in your life. Proverbs 11, 13. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Here, King Solomon says, if you gossip, you you may not even realize this, but it's eroding your character. That you were told something or you have obtained some information and instead of learning how to keep your mouth closed about it and only talk to the people that are involved, you don't know how to keep it closed and so you just talk to everybody. It's just constantly out and now you're talking bad about people, you're sharing secrets, you're saying things that you shouldn't be saying and everyone that is hearing it, whether they're going to tell you this or not, is like, man, this person has zero character. This person doesn't even know how to not talk about things that they shouldn't be talking about. Like their lips are always moving about these things. Man, it calls your character into question. Gossip proves that many people don't know how to keep their mouth shut. They don't know when to stop talking. And they don't know who they should say things to. Is that who you want to be? Come on, just take a step back, man. Pull out the, pull out the camera and take that selfie. Is that who you are? Is that a part of your vocabulary? Do you know that it's eroding your character every single day? Do, do you know that it's, you're not doing anything but stroking your own ego and pride? Do you know how serious God takes this? Here in Scripture, we, we, we finish on the cure. 
There's a simple cure. I mentioned the word earlier, but Scripture says that the cure for gossip is to be a man or woman of restraint, self-control, being able to hold your tongue when you need to, being able to control the words that, that come out of your mouth and what you say, pulling back and controlling your tongue. Proverbs 18.21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. That's challenging because the words that you say, we all say words, many words a day to many different people. What if we started to view those words as one of two options? Either the words that I say can breathe life into people or they can tear people down and bring death. I'm not saying you have to stop talking. I'm just saying start judging your words. Start thinking about the words that you're saying. Are you pulling people up or are you tearing people down? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? What is your tongue doing? What kind of power is found in that? A couple of th- three things that I want to challenge you on, just kind of application points on how you can offer restraint and exercise restraint in your life. The first one is, is this. I, I want to challenge you, talk to people instead of talking about people. That's the thin line between gossip and actually wanting to help someone. Instead of talking bad about someone, go straight to that person and talk to them. Matthew 18 reads like this. If your brother or sister sins, if you see something in their life that they did wrong or that they wronged you against or that that you didn't like, then go and point out their fault. Check this out. Just between the two of you. Like if somebody did something or said something or if they've got a bad reputation or, or, or something has happened, then go to them. It doesn't say go to your mama or go to your coworker or go to a friend or go to your spouse or go to your neighbor. It says go to them. Go to them and handle it. Don't talk about people. Talk, talk to people. And then it says this, if they listen to you, you've won them over. Great. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along. Oh, okay, so now we can gossip, right? If they don't listen, then I can go get my two best friends and say, you are not going to believe what this person just did. I tried to tell them, I need to warn you, okay? I just want to catch you up. Is that what it says? No, he says, go get two friends, one or two others, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. He says, here's what I want you to do. Instead of you just going to the person, grab two of your friends and go to the person. Don't talk bad about them behind their back. Because maybe three people speaking to them will help them. Maybe three people will be able to speak some truth with love into their life. And maybe when they hear three people that they love and respect call out this problem in their life in a heart and a desire to help them, maybe then they will will listen. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Strong language. Instead of talking about someone, talk to them. Say, I love you. I want to see you grow. I know you, you say you're a follower of Jesus, but there's some areas that, man, I just got some questions. I, want to, I love you. I want to help you through it. I want to bring this up because I don't want you to, to go down this road. I don't want these people to be saying these things behind your back. I care about you. Speak to people, not about them. The second one is this. Speak only good about a person. If you're going to say something about someone... Make a commitment to only say positive things. Don't tear people down. Don't use your tongue as a weapon of death, but 
a weapon of life. Here's what Ephesians 4.29 says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your minds. Pause right there. What if it's true? What if it's right? What if I need to warn some people? What if they actually did that? Did you know those aren't excuses for you? Do you know that even if your gossip is 100% true, Scripture says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Maybe your mom taught you this growing up like my mom did, but if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Like She gets that from Ephesians 4. Are you helping them? Are you building them up? Are you encouraging them? Are you being constructive? Because talking bad and talking down about someone behind their back accomplishes nothing. It doesn't help them. It doesn't solve the problem. That's gossip. Third thing is this. This one's really hard. Do you know that Scripture calls us as followers of Jesus that not only are we not supposed to gossip ourselves, but we're not even supposed to tolerate gossip? But you know that we have an obligation as followers of Jesus that if we're in a room where other people are talking down and gossiping about it, it's our responsibility to step up and say, hey, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not talking bad about this person behind their back. You got a problem with them? We need to go to them and solve the problem together. Proverbs 17.4 says, Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip, and liars pay close, close attention to slander wrongdoers are like, oh, you got a little something bad to say about somebody? I'd like to hear it. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it. You, you ever use this phrase before? <laughs> somebody says something negative about somebody, and you say, well, I didn't say it. Glad you said it, and I didn't have to. We didn't say it, but we're tolerating it. We're like, yeah, yeah, I'm glad somebody didn't say it. I'm glad I didn't have to, but I agree with you 100%. Glad I didn't say, hey, you said it, not me. Scripture says we don't even do that. Followers of Jesus don't even tolerate it. When someone is bad-mouthing another person. Just a simple thing. man. Let me, let me put this in your, in your vocabulary. Just a simple thing. Hey, we're not going to do that. Hey, man, that's, we're not going to talk bad about them. We're not going to talk bad about our boss in here. We're not going to talk bad about a friend or a neighbor. Hey, if you want to help them, let's go. I'll go with you. Let's me and you go and talk to them about what's going on. Let's solve it. It's not going to solve anything here. We're not going to gossip. We're not going to do that. That's not who we're called to be. Let's, let's go help this brother or help this sister out. Just a simple way to change your language. Man, think about that. Think about how different your world would be if you chose not to gossip. Think about how different your work environment would be if you were the one that was willing to stand up, a man or a woman of high character and integrity, and say, we are not going to tear the boss down. We're not doing that. It doesn't help. Man, it paints someone in a negative light. Our situation is not going to get better. This is not what we're going to do. This is not who we are. Man, enough people step up and do that, and you'll eradicate gossip out of your life. You'll eradicate gossip out of your workplace with your family or with your friends. People you have never met before. Maybe you've already formulated an opinion about how bad and awful they are based on something you've heard. Could be totally untrue. This could be the greatest person, your closest friend that you will ever have in your life, but you haven't even met them before. And because of gossip, your ideas are tainted. Anytime you hear or share gossip, it changes your perspective about the person involved. So let's be men and women that commit now. This is not what God's called us to do. God's called us to bridle our tongues, to speak in a way that is a source of life and builds people up instead of tearing them down.
That's my challenge for you this week.